Galatians 1 6-12 NASP. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ, for a different gospel, which is not just another account, but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, even now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of people, or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel which was preached by me is not of human invention. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a pretty heavy statement for the Apostle Paul to be making, no matter which way you look at it. My apology for this long post but this issue being discussed is very important and it warrants a longer coverage than normal. Please bear with me. Paul identifies a problem he is encountering by some particular believers in the churches of Galatia, where the gospel of Christ is being distorted, causing some to desert God, by abandoning the grace of Christ, by which they were called, and he further clarifies that this is in fact a different gospel, not just another account of the same truth he delivered. Paul also states the total non-acceptability of distorting the gospel, even by themselves or an angel from heaven, and the disposition of those identities that deliver the contrary gospel. The Greek word there for accursed is anathema. The word refers to that which is doomed to eternal destruction. That is not a lightweight condemnation that Paul is talking about. Paul then states from where he personally received his revelation and it was directly from Jesus Christ. It's important to note that the key contrast Paul identifies between the two different or contrary Gospels is his Gospel is focused on the grace of Christ, and the other contrary Gospel is focused on the imposed necessity of justification via works. Paul specifically spells out the difference in Galatians 2 15-21 NASP. Take the time to read it please. Another noteworthy distinction is the unquestionable importance assigned to this difference and the fact that neither they themselves, or even an angel from heaven, could change the gospel that is focused on the grace of Christ, because as Paul states, Paul received his revelation directly from Jesus Christ. I'm tempted to say that this distinction is carved into stone. So Paul tells us unequivocally that both he and those who were with him could not change the gospel to say otherwise than grace, nor could an angel from heaven. Is Paul consistent with his gospel of grace, in all his letters, within the New Testament? Yes he is. But how about those angels? Did Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, go a little on the extreme side to make his point? No he did not. Did you know that the Islamic prophet Muhammad claimed to be visited by the angel Gabriel, who revealed to him the beginnings of what would later become the Quran? You can check that out here. Are works a necessary requirement for receiving Allah's acceptance within the Muslim faith? Yes they are. You can check that out here. How about Joseph Smith, Mormons? Yes, another angel, this time Moroni. You can check that out here. Are works a necessary requirement for individual salvation for Mormons? Yes they are, you can check that out here. The thing is, as Christians, according to the gospel of grace of Jesus Christ, we don't earn our salvation by the works that we do. According to the Holy Scriptures, our justification before God may be summed up in four biblical arguments. First, Scripture presents justification as instantaneous, not gradual. Contrasting the proud Pharisee with the broken, Repentant tax-gatherer who smote his breast and prayed humbly for divine mercy, Jesus said that the tax-gatherer went down to his house justified, Luke 18:14. His justification was instantaneous, complete before he performed any work, based solely on his repentant faith. Jesus also said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, and believes him who sent me, has eternal life, and does not come into judgment, 
but has passed out of death into life, John 5:24. Eternal life is the present possession of all who believe. The one who believes immediately passes from spiritual death to eternal life, because that person is instantaneously justified, see Romans 5 1, 9, 8-1. Second, justification means the sinner is declared righteous, not actually made righteous. This goes hand in hand with the fact that justification is instantaneous. There is no process to be performed, justification is purely a forensic reality, a declaration God makes about the sinner. Justification takes place in the court of God, not in the soul of the sinner. It is an objective fact, not a subjective phenomenon, and it changes the sinner's status instantly, not his nature instantly. Justification is an immediate decree, a divine not guilty verdict on behalf of the believing sinner in which God declares him to be righteous in his sight. Third, the Bible teaches that justification means righteousness is imputed, not infused. Righteousness is reckoned, or credited to the account of those who believe, Romans 4 3-25. They stand justified before God not because of their own righteousness, Romans 3:10, but because of a perfect righteousness outside themselves that is reckoned to them by faith, Philippians 3 9. Where does that perfect righteousness come from? It is God's own righteousness, Romans 10 3, and it is the believers in the person of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1 30. Christ's own perfect righteousness is credited to the believer's personal account, Romans 5 17, 19, just as the full guilt of the believer's sin was imputed to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 21. The only merit God accepts for salvation is that of Jesus Christ, nothing man can ever do could earn God's favor or add anything to the merit of Christ. Fourth and finally, Scripture clearly teaches that man is justified by faith alone, not by faith plus works. According to the Apostle Paul, if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace, Romans 11:6. Elsewhere Paul testifies, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, that no one should boast, Ephesians 2 8-9, emphasis added, see Acts 16:31 and Romans 4 3-6. In fact, it is clearly taught throughout Scripture that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law, Romans 3 28, see Galatians 2 16. Romans 9 31-32, 10-3. Adding works to faith as the grounds of justification is precisely the teaching that Paul condemned as a different gospel, see 2 Corinthians 11:4, Galatians 1 6. It nullifies the grace of God, for if meritorious righteousness can be earned through works, as per the Jews under the law, or the Muslim faith or the Mormon faith and even the sacraments as per Roman Catholicism, then Christ died needlessly, Galatians 2:21. Any system that mingles works with grace, then, is a different gospel, Galatians 1-6, a distorted message that is anathematized, Galatians 1-9, by the very word of God that cannot be broken. The difference between justification before God by faith, as opposed to justification by a combination of faith and works, is what separates biblical Christianity from all other belief systems. In every religion, and in some branches of what is called Christianity, man is earning or cooperating, doing his slash her own necessary part, on their way to God. Only in true, Biblical Christianity is man saved as a result of solely receiving God's grace obtained through faith. What follows below is taken from GoQuestions.org, which I shall quote at length. The word justified means pronounced or treated as righteous. For a Christian, justification is the act of God not only forgiving the believer's sins but imputing to him the righteousness of Christ. The Bible states in several places that justification only comes through faith, for example, Romans 5 1, Galatians 3 24. Justification is not earned through our own works, rather, we are covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2 8, Titus 3 5. The Christian, 
being declared righteous, is thus freed from the guilt of sin. Justification is a completed work of God, and it is instantaneous, as opposed to sanctification, which is an ongoing process of growth by which we become more Christ-like, the act of being saved, cf. 1 Corinthians 1 18, 1 Thessalonians 5 23. Sanctification occurs after justification. Understanding the doctrine of justification is important for a Christian. First, it is the very knowledge of justification and of grace that motivates good works and spiritual growth, thus, justification leads to sanctification. Also, the fact that justification is a finished work of God means that Christians have assurance of their salvation. In God's eyes, believers have the righteousness necessary to gain eternal life. Once a person is justified, there is nothing else he needs in order to gain entrance into heaven. Since justification comes by faith in Christ, based on His work on our behalf, our own works are disqualified as a means of salvation, Romans 3:28. There exist vast religious systems with complex theologies that teach the false doctrine of justification by works. But they are teaching a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all, Galatians 1 6-7. Without an understanding of justification by faith alone, we cannot truly perceive the glorious gift of grace, God's unmerited favor becomes merited in our minds, and we begin to think we deserve salvation. The doctrine of justification by faith helps us maintain pure devotion to Christ, 2 Corinthians 11:3. Holding to justification by faith keeps us from falling for the lie that we can earn heaven. There is no ritual, no sacrament, no deed that can make us worthy of the righteousness of Christ. It is only by His grace, in response to our faith, that God has credited to us the holiness of His Son. Both Old and New Testaments say, the just shall live by faith, Habakkuk 2 4, Romans 1 17, Galatians 3 11, Hebrews 10 38. The following, also from goquestions.org pertains to the question is salvation by faith alone, or is salvation by faith plus works? This is perhaps the most important question in all of Christian theology. This question was the cause of the Reformation, the split between Protestantism and Catholicism. This question is a key difference between biblical Christianity and most of the cults. Is salvation through faith alone or through faith plus human works? Stated another way, am I saved by trusting in Jesus, or do I have to believe in Jesus and, in addition, do certain things? The works in addition to faith needed for salvation differ in various religious circles. Many groups point to water baptism as a work that must be added to faith for salvation, if you're not baptized, you're not saved. Some go even further, you must be baptized by the right minister, using the right method, saying the right words. Others suggest different rites to be observed in order to be saved, but the formula is always faith plus, fill in the blank. Salvation is through faith plus receiving Mass, faith plus going to confession, faith plus tithing, etc. Many passages of the Bible teach that salvation is through faith alone, not faith plus works. Ephesians 2 8-9, for example, is clearly worded and unequivocal, it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Of great importance is the word grace, which refers to God's blessings on the undeserving. The very idea of grace negates all attempts to earn salvation. Paul makes that argument when teaching on God's choosing of the remnant of Israel, since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved, Romans 11:6, NLT. Other passages that clearly teach salvation through faith alone include Acts 16:31. Romans 3:28, 4-5, 5-1, Galatians 2:16, 3:24, Ephesians 1:13, and Philippians 3:9. There are a few Bible passages that, at first glance, seem to teach salvation through faith plus works. 
One such is James 2:24, which appears to say that justification is by faith plus works, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. This apparent problem is solved by examining the whole of James' argument in his epistle. James is refuting the idea that a person can have saving faith without producing any good works, see James 2:17-18. Genuine faith in Christ, James says, will produce a changed life and result in good works, James 2:20-26. James is not saying that justification is by faith plus works, but that a person who is truly justified by faith will have good works in his or her life. The works are an outward show of genuine faith in Christ, James 2 14, 17, 20, 26 and it's that outward show that justifies the believer in the sight of other people. Works are the outward result of our faith, not the means whereby we are saved. Paul says those who have true faith in Jesus Christ will be eager to do what is good, Titus 2:14. To return to Ephesians 2, immediately after teaching that we are saved through faith, not through works, Ephesians 2 8-9, Paul says that we were created to do good works, Ephesians 2:10. Salvation comes by God's grace through faith, and that faith is made manifest in good works. The works follow the faith and are a proof of it. If we're going to say that we are saved by works, we must qualify whose works. We are not saved by our own works, however meritorious they are in our own eyes. We are saved solely by the work of Christ on our behalf. His death and His resurrection are the works that save us. We receive our Savior by faith, John 1:12. Is the awareness of this distinction between faith alone and faith plus works vitally important? Apparently so, because those who appeared to be angels from heaven, made it a point to detract from the sole necessity of relying in God's grace. Subtle isn't it? Do you remember the veil in the temple that separated the holy place from the holy of holies that was rent in two, from the top to the bottom, after Jesus died on the cross, as recorded in Matthew 2750 50-51 NASP where Matthew states, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split? That which symbolized the sin that separated sinful man from a holy God, was rent in two, from the top, from God, to the bottom, to man, not from the bottom to the top. Salvation is offered from God to man, through the accomplished work of His Son on the cross. Salvation is not earned by man, even partially, it is a gift of God, grace, accepted in faith. And to say otherwise, is a lie. And that, like Paul says, is another gospel and really no gospel, good news, at all. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.